right, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And this is episode one of the Destreaming Dish. I'm Andrea Siska, one of your hosts. And my name is Catherine Foster. And we're both members of the Secondary Literacy Resource Team here at the CEC. And we are recording in the historical room at Carter. Thanks, Carter. We are going to be releasing a series of podcasts that we feel will be useful really for all teachers, but it's specifically aimed at those who are teaching these dream courses. That's right. Um, this fall, we've been out in the field getting to know the educators in our system. We understand just how strapped for time you are. So we thought that creating a podcast would be a great way to reach more teachers. I listen to podcasts every morning. So true. I've heard all about the murdery ones that she listens to. Yes, but this will be more interesting. <laughs> So many teachers have indicated to us over the past month or so that they really want to learn more about how to approach a mixability classroom. But between planning, marking, meetings, and so much more, our time is the biggest concern. Time really is our currency. Exactly. So that's why this podcast has been created for you to listen in the moments when you have a bit more time, driving to and from work, on a run, or sitting on the sidelines at hockey practice. Throughout the series, we will be bringing guests, guest resource teachers, classroom teachers, uh, and hopefully even some students. We'd really like to hear their voice. And as an extra bonus, all the resources that accompany this podcast will be posted in the portal. And we'll show you how to do that and access those resources at the end of the podcast. Let's jump into episode one. be hard to find materials that challenge and are accessible to all students. Is the pace of this class too slow for traditionally academic students? How do we deal with so many levels of ability in our de-stream classrooms? Before teachers were silos, but now there's more consistency across the department in terms of material and focus on skill development for students. Conferencing is working really well. It helps students hone their skills and also gives me the opportunity to get to know them a little bit better. How do we change our approach to teaching? What does this really look like in the classroom? My concern is that de-streaming has prolonged elementary school for students in their transition to high school. One thing I've considered is that this is not a change for the students since they are used to de-stream classes in elementary school. Really, this is a change for teachers and an opportunity for us to rethink our teaching practices. These sound bites are comments made by teachers in the TCDSB. It is not their voice, but it's their words, and they're sharing both their fears and successes about teaching in a de-stream classroom. That last quote was really eye-opening for me, mm -hmm. since it gets to the heart of this process. That de-streaming within the province, and by extension our system, has allowed us to rethink our teaching practices. It's one of the reasons that I actually applied for this role and was really excited when the opportunity presented itself. Last year, I was able to work with the literacy team when my school was part of a pilot project to de-stream grade nine English. Eventually, we're also hoping to share some of the insights from the pilot with you on this podcast and also in PD sessions in the coming months. Catherine, we're so glad we didn't scare you away <laughs> that you had a positive experience working with the literacy team. We just want everyone listening to know that we don't necessarily have all of the answers. We hope to bring ideas to you and strategies that you know we can try, but we're really working alongside you, co-learning. It's our hope that during this podcast series, we're also going to address many of the concerns that you just heard in the sound bites. One of the first things I learned in the pilot 
is what instructional equity really is and why it is important for both teachers and our students. Do you know why we even have an applied stream? No, I don't. Well, originally, the applied stream was created with the intention to teach students who think differently, not because they were any less intelligent than their academic counterparts, but research is showing that streaming is having negative consequences and has altered the path of many students' lives. We also know that grade eight is far, far too soon to be making lifelong education and career choices. Absolutely. Students at that age just aren't ready for that kind of long-term decision-making. Personally, I didn't really know how to learn or be particularly responsible until I was in grade 11. I did not enjoy school, and I found it really difficult, and I ended up actually dropping out of school when I was in grade 12. I came back, but I really felt it was difficult for me to find my place and to find out, you know, what made me tick, what made me learn, what I wanted to do in the future. Finally did, but I can only imagine how different my life would be if I had been in the general class that my teachers had been suggesting to my parents. Thanks for sharing that story. I'm sure a lot of people listening have had a similar experience. Or know someone who has. For sure. The negative effect is having much greater impact, unfortunately, on our Indigenous and Black students, or students that are receiving special education supports, or who come from low-income families. These students are disproportionately channeled into the applied stream, and it's contributing to cycles of poverty all over the province. Remember, de-streaming is not new. Ontario is actually the last province in Canada to make this system-wide change, with many provinces having done this for years or even decades. Yes, de-streaming was attempted in the 90s, but things are different now. Society in general is no longer willing to accept the status quo, which leads us to believe that no matter how you might currently feel about de-streaming, it's here to stay. Absolutely. And teachers in other provinces have been having have been streaming for decades, and there are numerous stories detailing how successful instructional equity has been across the country yes. for many students. What de-stream classes really require is simply good teaching. This means mm-hmm. using universal design for learning, differentiating instruction, and culturally relevant and responsive pedagogy. This applies to absolutely every class and every grade, not just newly de-streamed classes. Mm-hmm. As we visited schools recently, we were thrilled to see that many of you had decided to opt for more current, culturally relevant, and responsive materials. This is a fantastic start. Now it's time to do the work. For sure. Some of the great texts that we've seen out there are Patron Saints of Nothing and Frying Plantain. Those are great. So what does it mean to have more culturally relevant and responsive material? It means not only selecting material, but also knowing the best strategies to leverage those materials to teach the curriculum. It means employing equitable assessment and evaluation practices. It means knowing our students as both people and as learners, so we can successfully use appropriate, differentiated instructional strategies. Absolutely, Catherine. Research is also showing that the majority of students who have been streamed into applied classes are not identified with any IEPs or require any specialist training. They're just kids. Kids who have been impacted by a pandemic, like me, like you, who have missed some formative moments in their childhood. We need to bring back the joy in both learning and in teaching. Yes, let's bring back the joy. Perhaps the how and why and what of de-streaming, in the opinion of some, hasn't been phased inappropriately. And sure, yes, maybe de-streaming has come at a challenging time on the heels of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We are 100% not disagreeing with these <laughs> concerns. Or it's maybe it's just that the inequities that came to light during the pandemic played a role in expediting instructional equity. 
People are looking for a change in their institutions, and this is no different for education. We'd like to end the podcast today with a paraphrased comment made by one of the department heads who participated in the pilot last year. They said, De-streaming taught me that I had to leave my assumptions at the door. What I used to think was an applied-level text or an academic-level activity had to be re-examined. I had to challenge myself, and I had to check my own assumptions. All students need high expectations. I raised my expectations, and they met them. That's great. If you haven't yet done so, please check out the TCDSB's equity monograph number one, Becoming Anti-Racist and Anti-Oppressive Educators. This and other resources are available in the portal. To find our list of episodes and resources, go to intranet.tcdsb.org and click on Departments. Then select Student Success and click on Literacy 7 to 12. Our next podcast will be about setting up your classroom as a community of learners. Can't wait. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Come back. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.